Welcome to Sparrow Speaks, the podcast with the latest health news and information from Sparrow, MidMichigan's premier community health care leader. I'm your host, Deborah Howell, and today we'll be learning about bariatric surgery. Our guest is Dr. Mindy Lane, the chair of the Department of Surgery at Sparrow Hospital and the director of bariatric surgery. Welcome, Dr. Lane. Thanks for having me. Wonderful to have you on the podcast. What is bariatric surgery? Bariatric surgery. This is where we make changes to your digestive system to help you lose weight. The biggest difference in weight loss is that we're changing the way your body either receives or processes different chemicals or hormones within your body. This allows weight loss to be successful long-term, up to 85% of the time, and with conventional diets and weight loss programs that are non-surgical, 5 to 10% is the, the long-term success rate. So there's a big difference. Yeah. And what health problems are usually a result of obesity? I think the better question is what health problems are not the result of obesity at this point. It really is becoming the most common cause of death in the United States. But some different health problems that people would relate to most, I think, on the podcast are some of the following high blood pressure, infertility, thyroid dysfunction, hyperlipidemia, which is problems with the fats in your blood, the cholesterol, the triglycerides, the LDLs. Reflux is super common with people who are obese. Obstructive sleep apnea. This means there are times during your sleep cycle that you're actually not receiving enough oxygen to your brain and you actually stop sleeping. That's very common with obesity. As we all know, the risk of not doing well, the mortality rate with COVID if you're obese is much higher than if you're not. Yeah, and you have a challenging job in any circumstances, but especially these days. So can you tell us about the safety precautions Sparrow has undertaken to protect surgical patients during this time of COVID? Oh, absolutely. In the very beginning in March of 2020, we actually shut surgery down and really only did the most emergent cases. We were very responsive very quickly, and I think that that really helped control the spread, especially among our caregivers in the hospital. People in surgery are at especially high risk because they're dealing with aerosolized procedures, and that's how the virus is spread. So now that we know more about the virus and we know how to respond, we continue to have a 100% mask mandate. We think it's very important for people who are in the hospital to have their person. So eliminating visitors, we don't think that that's the best thing for our patients and for patient care. So we allow all of the patients to have one person, and it can be more than one person, but one person at a time, basically, including in surgery. All of our patients are tested if they have any procedures or surgeries that involve anesthesia. And typically, we do that two days before. Uh, We have them lay low kind of the day before their procedure, and then they come in with a recent COVID test. We even have visitors for our COVID patients, and that's a very big deal, and that's very unusual. And we've done that very successfully setting up the visitor with a PAPR, which is a breathing device, the protection that our nurses and our staff wear, because we know it works for staff. And it was actually my daughter, my 17-year-old daughter, who said, you know, if you guys are safe, then why can't a visitor be safe? Why can't their person be there with them? And that was just a phone call to Alan Beerling, who's the the president. We kind of hashed it out. And we decided that that probably was the best thing for people who are really sick, especially in the ICU, to know that 
somebody that they know and love and cares about them is by their side, we do feel that makes a difference in recovery. Oh, it makes a world of difference to have somebody there you know is pulling for you, so you have that motivation to you know stay strong. Who is eligible for bariatric surgery? Not everybody, I suppose. Right. You know, an easy answer is to say if you're 100 pounds overweight, then you're going to be eligible. What insurance company uses is called the, the BMI. It's the Body Mass Index. And it's certainly imperfect, okay? For example, a bodybuilder would be obese for their height and weight. But we know that they're all muscle and not fat. So that's difficult to understand. But that's our current benchmark. So anybody can go to Google and type in BMI calculator. It's super simple. You put in your height and your weight. It does not accommodate for big bones or any of the other things that we know exist. And if your BMI is 35 or greater, this is actually morbid obesity, 35 and above. And that's what qualifies you from an insurance perspective. And pretty much every insurance that I'm aware of in Michigan does cover bariatric surgery. Now, it's the people that have the BMI between 30 and 35. That's a real struggle because those people are obese. And sometimes they have serious comorbidities like diabetes or being insulin dependent as a result of their diabetes. At this point in time, we feel it's important to offer those people surgical intervention if that's where they're at with it in their life, but it isn't something that insurance is going to pay for, so that those are out-of-pocket costs. What are some of the main misconceptions and or myths of bariatric surgery? I talk about this with all of my patients, and I say, okay, now we're going to have a myth-buster session, right? The very biggest misconception about bariatric surgery and a barrier to people seeking bariatric surgery, which I want to add is only 1% of people who qualify. I mean, the word surgery itself is scary, but the biggest misconception is that bariatric surgery is the easy way out. And that's hard for people to say, I need surgery to help me with a medical problem that ultimately will shorten my life. That's the first thing that I tell them is that if they've been through our program or they know me and how I coach, this is not the easy way out. We have a whole team. You go through six months of practice under the guidance of most insurance companies before you have surgery. The expectation is that you follow up for a minimum of five years. There's a lot of rules. There's a lot of work. There's a lot of motivation that has to go on. It's very important for patients to have a support person. We use different apps to track their diet and make suggestions to them. But I kind of joke about it with patients, but I say, you know what, what are our biggest habits? I mean, when we really boil it down, what are our biggest habits? And I say, well, I think we all brush our teeth, right? We all brush our teeth before we go to bed. We all brush our teeth when we wake up in the morning. What else do we do? Well, we always wash our hands after we go to the bathroom, right? And and I joke with the ladies sometimes when we go to work, we wear a bra. You know, these are just things that we do with very little thought. But our moms taught us that. Our moms didn't let us come out of the bathroom if our hands weren't a little wet and they were sure that they washed our hands. And they made us get out of bed and brush our teeth when we were little kids. And there's no one's going to do that for you when you're an adult and you need to do something that the habit forming is that hard, but your mom's not doing it for you. This is the first thing that a lot of these people have had to form as a habit on their own. That's tough. There's a lot of literature out there. How long does it take to form a habit? 28 days. Well, no, it doesn't. It takes a lot more than that. And it takes a lot of help and a big support group. So to me, that's the biggest myth about bariatric surgery. A lot of people also think that 
it's not something that they could afford. That's the second biggest myth I could list off, but I won't. Six different weight loss programs that cost thousands of dollars over the course of the weight loss program, but insurance pays for people to have bariatric surgery. So that's really important for people to know that this might be the cheapest diet you've ever participated in. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like a a much larger process than I had been aware of. So what kind of support does Sparrow offer its bariatric patients? Oh, the bariatric office has a nurse navigator that guides you through the process. We have a full-time registered dietitian who monitors diet. We collaborate with the Michigan Athletic Club. So we teach patients that some of them don't really know what exercises they can do at their current weight or their current capabilities. All of our patients go through that process. We have a whole team of psychologists that patients are required to meet with prior to getting to the surgical part to make sure that they don't have any behavioral barriers and that their support group is as strong as it needs to be to be successful and have a long-term positive outcome with bariatric surgery. So the team is big. They're really dedicated. I picked most of the people on the team. And one of the biggest things for me is that when you pick people that are on your team, they may be good at their job, but the most important thing when it comes to bariatrics is that they have to be passionate about the topic. And this team really is. I love to hear that. All right, nitty gritty. How much weight can patients expect to lose? Yeah, people ask me that a lot. When you're at the low end of obesity, you qualify for bariatric surgery. Well, as we all know, the closer you get to the weight you want to be, the harder it is, right? I mean, that kind of goes without saying. That last 5, 10, 15, 20 pounds, oof, those are the hardest ones. So what I'm looking for typically at three months post-op is that patients have lost between 50 and 60 pounds. That's truly about the average And over the course of that year, the expectation is that they have 100 pounds to lose, which most of them do. They've gotten pretty close to that 100-pound mark. And then we really got to buckle down during that second year because during the first two years, that's when you're going to have the most success, the most dedication, the most focus to get as much weight off as you can. That's impressive. What can patients expect after their surgery? Well, support, that's the main thing. Our dietitian continues to meet with them. I always say, Brooke's going to stalk your MyFitnessPal, make sure you're logging. (laughs) Um, She does. She does a great job of calling you up and saying, what have you changed in your diet? What's going on? Very collegial, very cooperative, lots of laughing, talking, supporting, nudging. Sometimes it's tough love, and that's important, too. We have support groups. Those are regular. They're fun. Now, they're a little different right now because COVID style, they're, they're Zoom, but they're still having a good time and making the best of it. And the one thing I always say about the girls that work in my office is when you send a MySparrow message and have a question about anything, I would say that it's rare that it's not answered in full detail within half an hour of you sending the message. And I know that a lot of offices just don't have the capability to do that, but that's part of our responsiveness to our patients and our commitment to them. Uh, I absolutely love it. Now, set me straight on this. For every 10 pounds you lose, you take 40 pounds of pressure off your knees, correct or incorrect? Oh, well, see, you got me there. I don't know the answer to that. But the one interesting thing I will tell you is that one of our biggest referral bases is actually the orthopedic surgeons. The orthopedic surgeons in our region are really, really, really good at talking about bariatric surgery and letting them know, listen, you need new joints, you need surgery. 
And in order for these to be long-term successful for you and you not to need additional replacements during your lifetime, you got to get the weight off. So let's start there and then let's do it right. And so when I talk about that at national meetings that our orthopods send more patients than anybody, there's a little bit of surprise in the room, but that's a really big deal is joints and functionality and being able to move if it's being active with your kids or being active with your grandkids or being able to sit on a roller coaster. I mean, being able to cross your legs at a meeting. These are things that come up every day that patients love about their new body. These people have a second lease on life just to see their personalities change and their self-esteem change and the way that they dress change. I see this stuff every day and I personally see my patients every year on their year anniversary. So I think that's different than most programs. I don't think the surgeons stay that engaged in some of the other programs, probably most of them, because at that point, it's they're just kind of a little bit more basic. But to me, that's the fun of it. Bariatric surgery is all that I do, and it's something that means a lot to me. And seeing those transformations is super important to me, just as it yeah, is to them. I love it. And how do people get more information, Dr. Lane? We have an awesome website, and I just want everybody to know that here's this podcast. These are our patients. These are not anybody that we hired. They were our patient panel. They helped develop the website, and I love it. And you get to meet everybody that's on the team, and it's called ThisTinyScar.com. I love it so much. Your passion is so apparent. It's just coming right through this podcast. Dr. Lane, we so appreciate both your time with us and all the great work you're doing for people in your community. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Have a great day. You too. And once more, to learn more about bariatric surgery at Sparrow, visit thistinyscar.com. Get to know all the fine patients there. And be sure to subscribe to Sparrow Speaks in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts for our additional healthcare topics. I'm your host, Deborah Howe. Thanks for listening, and have yourself a great day. Music